you may take your seat. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to me the first time. Pastor just said, you come and preach, and I was like... So I understand the position that Pastor put you in, but uh, I'm so glad that my family is here. Uh, I'm so excited, actually, and I'm so excited for the word that God has for us. Uh, thank you so much for coming through today. Uh, I believe the word today is going to change your life because this is the word that changed my life. So I'm going to... This is a testimony. What I'm going to be sharing here is a testimony. Amen. Amen. So I've been in a journey um, of learning about the kingdom of God. I've been hungry for the kingdom of God. And ever since pastor ordained me and my wife uh, to be youth pastors, um, that's when that hunger came. You know, I've always been running away from what I'm doing today. <laughs> and Pastor KG would always come and go see and say, why are you, are you like Jonah? Why are you running away from what God is calling you to do? And um, Pastor said, I must join the Bible school. I joined one year, then I stopped <laughs> after that because I felt like, no, this is not my thing. I just want to be at the sound desk behind the scenes. I don't want to be seen by anyone. Um, but uh, when pastor, like, threw us, in the, threw us in the deep end and made us the youth pastors, I knew there was a responsibility there. So I had to seek God. So from last year, when I started preaching, some of you might remember that I started preaching about the kingdom of God. You remember that? I started preaching about the kingdom of God. And last year, December, God impressed in my heart to teach the youth more about the kingdom of God. And I see a lot of young people here. Some of you, are maybe are not young, you just look young, okay. But <laughs> I see a lot of young people. So this is the message I've been trying to speak to the youth. It's so broad. It's big. I, when I was preparing for this one, I didn't know which one to put aside and which one to talk about. But um, as the Spirit leads us, we're just going to talk. But I did prepare some notes here. Amen. Amen. Last year when I t started talking about the kingdom of God, um, when I started seeking God, I've, I found out some things in the scripture. I found out some things in the scripture, and before I go into that, let us pray. <laughs> Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you that you are with us here, Father. Thank you for everything that you want us to learn today, Father. Teach us your ways. Teach us your principles. Teach us about your kingdom, Heavenly Father. Because you told us in your word that it's the only thing that should be the priority. Thank you, Father, for what you are doing. Thank you for touching hearts. Thank you that every person that came in this place will not live the same way they came in, but they're going to walk out changed and transformed and renewed in their minds in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We bless your holy name. There is no one like you. We worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So last year, um, we looked at um, a scripture in Mark. 
Now, this is the scripture that really uh, troubled me in Mark chapter 4. If you can go there, Mark chapter 4, verse 11. And let's see what Jesus is saying. This scripture, th- these verses, they are in red in my Bible. And they really changed my mind about this. In Mark chapter 4, verse 11, it says, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I felt like Jesus was talking to me when I read that. He's saying to us, believers, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. So I was curious. I wanted to know what are those secrets that have been given. In verse 13, he said another thing that really troubled me, but also changed my life. In verse 13, it says, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the other parables? Now, let me tell you something. Jesus spoke in parables. All your favorite scriptures about Jesus in the Bible, those are parables. And I felt like I understood the rest, but except this one. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. You are hearing this one. You are seeing this one, but you do not, you do not understand. So I, I had a desire to dig deep and to see what is Jesus actually talking about here. Because he's saying, do you, he's saying here, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the other parables? So he's actually saying, if you don't understand this teaching, you won't understand all of my teachings. If you do not understand this teaching, you won't understand this, the Bible. If you don't understand this particular teaching. So for you to understand the rest of the Bible, you must first understand this parable. It's serious. So I was like, okay, I need to. But Jesus was so kind enough to explain the parable to us. And he tells us that, it, it, the parable is in Mark chapter 4. He tells us that, The seed is the word of God, and the sower sows the seed, which is the word of God. And he explains and he says, some seeds fell on the wayside, some seeds fell on rocks, and some seeds fell on thorns. Now, if you read that parable alone, I'm telling you, you're going to be confused. If Jesus did not explain there, I was never going to know what he's talking about there. But he explained it. But still, I felt like, oh, okay, this is what it is. The word is, okay. But still, even today, I'm still trying to understand. There's so much in that, in the word of God. The word of God is pregnant. You can never say, now I understand the word. I'm done now. On to the, on to the next thing. No, 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 no. It's not like that. Amen. But I'm not here to preach about that. All right? So uh, I'm here to talk about the kingdom of God. Last year I spoke about the kingdom of God. If you want to listen to that teaching, go to our Spotify. Family, we've got Spotify. You can go listen to all our teachings. We've got YouTube, got Instagram, and Facebook. Some of you didn't know. Just search for Greater Works Christian Family Church. All right. So today I want to introduce you to the kingdom. I want to introduce you to the kingdom. How I see this teaching, it's like... um, it's like 
I'm taking you on a tour. <laughs> yeah. I'm showing you where things are. Think of it like an induction at work, where, where if you are new, and then they show you where things are, uh, where to find things, and who's who, and, you know, so that's what I'm going to be doing today. I know, we, I know we've been in the kingdom, but I, I just want to, let's start from the scratch. I feel like we've been, we, we haven't been doing church the way Jesus wants us to do it. So, my goal this morning, I want to teach and educate and reveal to you the meaning of practical Christianity. Because until you begin to practice the principles of the Lord Jesus consciously, you will continue to be a spectator in a movie that you're supposed to be a lead character in. You can say all the nice things about God. You can say all the beautiful things about God, but if you don't, if you don't practice the principles, they won't make any major impact in your life. Most Christians want to be fed as babies, whereas the authority to control the affairs of their lives has been given to them. Luke 10 verse 19, Jesus literally says, all authority, all power has been given to us to trample over snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us. If you've got demons harassing you, your family, or your finances, Jesus has given you the authority. Stop praying to Jesus. Jesus says, when you're praying to Jesus, Jesus says, I've given you authority. God has given us authority. We have to speak to the mountain, not speak about the mountain. We have to speak the word of God. Because in the kingdom of God, this is the language of the kingdom. Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but shall, you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. Then you will have good success and you will make your way prosperous. Family, God wants those of us who have embraced Jesus as the Lord and King to reflect the Hindi culture here our lifestyle should always reflect the lifestyle of our king. Amen. Amen. So, let's get into it. What is the kingdom? <laughs> okay. Now, this is the part that will help you unlock the Bible. Have you ever felt like when you're reading the word, like, I've got no cooking what this is about. But you know what? I've done my, my scripture reading for the day. I'm done. Off to sleep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I've, with the help of the Holy Spirit, this is going to help us to unlock the Bible. When we read the Bible, we're going to understand what God is talking about. But before I explain the kingdom... I want to tell you what the kingdom is not. 
You can write this down, family. The kingdom is not a religion. The kingdom is not a religion. The Bible is not a book about religion. The Bible is a book about a king and his kingdom. God did not write the Bible so that he can establish a religion. No. He wrote the Bible so that he can expand his kingdom here on earth. Religion is all about doing, and the kingdom is about being. Religion will tell you to do things, whereas the kingdom, they will tell you to be. We are more than conquerors. We are not trying to be more than conquerors. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. We are not trying to be sons and daughters. The religion, religion will tell you to, to do certain things, to do this. And if you pray more, if you wake up at 5 a.m. Sorry, Coco, I know. You wake up at 3 and pray. <laughs> Coco is going to hit me when I get home. But, like, you don't have... The religion will tell you if you wake up at 3 then, and pray, then you'll be more closer to God. Religion will tell you if you do this and do that and do this, then God will love you more. No. God already loves us. We are not trying to be loved by God. So the, the word kingdom, I understand, it's foreign to most of us. The word kingdom is foreign. It's like a page. Like... What is that? Like, most of you are like, a page, is that food? Like, a page you. You won't understand that word unless you're a musician. <laughs> you see, it's not common. It's not a common word. You have to be in the industry to understand it. So, when I say a page some of you are like confused. What is that? A country? Is that food? Is that the name of the new fashion. No, 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 no. And the kingdom, we were not even taught at school. We were not taught about this kingdom. Like, remember HSS? <laughs> what does it even mean? HSS, history, social science. Anyways, but we're not taught. We were taught about democracy. We were taught about the Republic of South Africa. We were taught about dictatorship. Remember? Another problem we have with misinterpreting scriptures is we get our understanding of the scripture from the Western society or culture instead of getting it from the Eastern where it originated. Now, the people that explain the word for us are people that grow up in the democratic republic about rights. You know, God, no, God didn't mean that. No, it's supposed to be like this. No, it's not. No, what God, I think God was trying to say. 
you know? Because if you say then, Pella, you come, you're going to come in strong and then you're going you're gonna to look like a dictator. You're like trying to control people. You try, but it's the word of God. That's what the word says. The kingdom is a form of government. The word kingdom is a compound word. It is made out of two words. There cannot be a king without a dominion. You can write this. The kingdom is an empire, a monarchy, a country or state or a territory ruled by a king. Which kingdoms do you know that still exist in the world today? Was ours Zulu Kingdom? Zulu Kingdom. Mazulus. Any other one that still exists today? United Kingdom. United Kingdom. Okay. Swaziland Kingdom. Lesotho. Swana. Okay. You see. Every kingdom has its own king, and it has its own dominion, power, and control. We were raised in a democratic republic, and in a democratic republic, the government is supposed to, supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Even though today it's like it's of the politicians, by the politicians, for the politicians. <laughs> That's in the republic. The votes. You have to vote the government into power. Your opinion matter. And if you don't like the government, you vote, you vote them out. Vote another one that you want. And you have the say. Yeah, but that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. <laughs> in the kingdom of God, the, the government is of the king, by the king, for the king. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. Or in the kingdom. Your votes don't count. <laughs> Your opinions, they, they don't matter. I know we grew up in an era where like, your opinions really matter. Like what you say, listen, if God says it, that settles it. Your opinion, if, if you try to come against God's opinion, that's going to break you. If you try to break the law, the law is going to break you. Cannot come against the opinion of God. Yes, today we've got, like, opinions were given by God. It's good to have an opinion, but you have to take that opinion and submit it under the word of God. See what does God say about this. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Anything in between is evil. Anything in between, that's your opinion. It's either you are hot or it's either you are cold. If you are lukewarm, you get kicked out of the kingdom. God created 
a male and a female. Anything in between is your opinion. Anything in between. Yeah, we yeah. But but this is how I feel. But I can't con no 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 no. It's fine. We are in this world and we we've got sin. Okay? So now this is how we feel. Now take your your your, your feelings and submit it under the word of God. What does God say? What does God say? Let's stop arguing. Yeah, but I understand. No, 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 no. What God calls a sin, we call a sin. What God calls right, we call right. It's not us. It's not our opinion. We just... It, the king has spoken. <laughs> the king has spoken. That's what the king says. That's what the king says. If you try to have your opinion... Speak, ask the devil, ask Lucifer, ask Lucifer, he thought now he can be, he, he's got better ideas than the king, he's got good things than the king, he can do things better than the king. And Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like a lightning, in the count of three, in the count of three, I want you to blink, when I count up to three, one, Two, three, blink. That's how we fell. <laughs> That's how Lucifer fell. For coming against the king. He wanted to be the king. But there was a king. Now in the kingdom of this world, the, the king, when you're a king, you are a king until you die. There cannot be any other king while you, the king is still alive. You are the king until the king dies. But in the kingdom of God, the king does not die. <laughs> the king does not die. He is the king forever. Today, yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want to show you the difference between a king and a dictator. A king is not a dictator. A dictator is a counterfeit of a king. A good king leads with pure motives. A dictator leads with evil motives. A dictator has perverted power, polluted powers. He leads through manipulation. And the dictator is insecure. The ultimate purpose of a king within a kingdom is to ensure that its citizens are well taken care of. It's not for himself. In other words, the welfare of his general population is his goal. The pride of a king is deeply seated in the confidence and appreciation of his citizen or family in him and his rulership. Because until his citizens are proud of their king, he has no honor. Until his citizens are proud of their king, he has no honor. You know why you don't honor God? Because you're not proud of him. 
You know why you don't praise God? It's because you don't think he's worthy of your praise. He did not answer your prayers the way you expected him to answer them. That's why we, we withdraw our praises. We only praise God when things are going good in our lives. We only praise God when we get a new car. Will you praise God while you're going through divorce? Now, then, you're like, okay, no, this is bad. I can't praise God here. What is praising God according to you? Praising God is not like, ooh, there's, just, there's death in my family. No. I'm not, that's not praising God. Praising God is proclaiming his goodness. He is good whether you think he is or you think he's not. He still remains good. We serve a good God. We need to open up our minds and start thanking God. Because the Bible tells us that we are bound in faith with thanksgiving. Yeah, you've got faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. But you need to abound in faith. Now for you to abound in faith, you need to praise God, appreciate God, worship God. If there's anything good that's happening in your life, still praise God. And that is a lie from the devil. There's never nothing good. Whether it's good, there's bad. Whether it's bad, there's good. He is a good king. He's a righteous king. God receives his honor when we lavish him with praise for his goodness. The devil has done a great job in keeping the church from preaching the same message Jesus told us to preach. A lot of people preach the message of Jesus, but not the message Jesus preached. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God. And he told us to continue preaching about the kingdom of God. In fact, let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Verse 17. Now this is the first time ever Jesus preached. First time. And this was his first sermon. Now this is the king that everyone has been waiting for. They've been waiting for this king and like they want to hear his first words. What is he going to say? This is what Jesus said. In, verse four, in chapter 4 verse 17. Now, from that time, Jesus began to preach, okay? You see, Jesus began to preach. To say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when Jesus preached that, I've seen the scripture so many times, like, repent for the, okay, John preached that, okay, and all the other prophets, repent, repent, repent. Jesus, again, he comes and preaches the same message, repent. 
for the kingdom is at hand. What does that even mean? Now, let's start with the first word there that he said. He said, repent. Repent. What is repent? What is repent? What is repent? Repent is not feeling sorry for the, ring, for the wrong things that you, you did. Repent means to change the way you think. Change your mind. Change your mind. Change the way you've been conditioned to think. Reverse your thinking completely. Turn completely around. Turn from the opposite direction to the other direction. We've heard this meaning so many times in this church. To live in the kingdom of God, you have to live completely the opposite of what culture has taught us to live. In other words, to live in the kingdom of God, you have to think, act, believe the opposite of what we've been taught. Because as the man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Now, the name Jesus means salvation. The Lord saves. And the purpose of salvation is to restore the kingdom of God. A lot of people have been preaching prosperity, healing, and prophecy. And those are good. But that's not what Jesus told us to, to preach. He did not preach these things. He lived them. He did them. But Jesus, the only thing that Jesus preached about is the kingdom of God. All your favorite verses, all your favorite verses about Jesus. Jesus is actually making an example about the kingdom of God. He is actually teaching about the kingdom of God. And Jesus told us to do the same thing. He said, go and teach about this kingdom. He says, repent for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke, um, Luke 4.43. Now, Luke 4.43 Luke tells us the purpose why Jesus was sent here. You will see. It says in Luke 4, 43, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I've been sent. For which purpose? Preach the kingdom. So Jesus was sent to preach the kingdom here on earth. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, a lot of people don't know that Jesus, after he died, he rose again, and 
he was with his disciples for about six weeks. And look at what he was doing when he was with his disciples. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. This is what Jesus did. He died, he rose again. So Jesus, when he first came, kingdom. With his disciples, kingdom. He died, kingdom. He came back, kingdom. He ascended, kingdom. This was his only miss. Say kingdom. kingdom. Say kingdom. kingdom. Verse 3. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being sent by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining the kingdom of God. So Jesus came back and he was with his disciples for 40 days. Uh, <laughs> and he spoke to his disciples about the kingdom of God after, before he went to heaven. Now, I want to take you to the scripture that we always quote in this church and all the other churches and everywhere and at home. Like this, this scripture is like, you know, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew Like I told you family This is practical Christianity That I'm talking about Might not be super spiritual But if I, I tr I, Trust me If you can get these principles This way of living and understanding that Christianity is not a religion just about praying. This, God does not want a religion. He wants a relationship. You know, you coming to church every Sunday thinking that you are seeking the kingdom, you are lying to yourself. That is not seeking. In verse 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Now, when you seek the kingdom of God, it's, this is so precious. This is treasure. This is not something that you can casually stumble upon. No. This takes seeking. And seeking takes work. It takes dedication. It takes time. It takes patience. It's not something that you can, I came to, I, I, I gave my tithe and look, look, not, no changes in my life. Uh, this, does not, this does not work. I've been going to church for 20 years, but I'm still the same Christians. We still, all my friends around, we are the same. That's because you and your friends, you are not seeking the kingdom of God. You are not seeking the kingdom of God. He says, seek first. First, I want to explain these words to you. I want to explain seeking. What does seeking mean? Because it says seek first. Seek means to pursue. 
Go after. Go for. Strive. Aim. Do one's best. So he says, pursue first. Go after first. Go for first. Strive first. Aim first. Do best first. Seek first the kingdom of God. The reason why you've been a Christian for a very long time and you still find yourself in the same position as 20 years ago is because you haven't been seeking the kingdom of God. You've been a Christian, but now after you get born again, because there's a man in the Bible who asked, how do I enter the kingdom of God? And then Jesus said, you have to get born again. Now, the kingdom of God is not something that you're just going to find. This you need to give away everything and pursue just one thing. You give away everything. You forsake everything just for one thing. That one thing is going to give you everything. But we've been conditioned in our mind to prioritize these things first. In verse 25, it says, Therefore, I say, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you, go, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Now, God is showing us here what is the priority for us. We work eight hours a day so that we can have something to eat so that we can have something to drink so we can have shelter so so that we can have clothes you see those things are very important to you and jesus here himself he tells you yeah that's how pagans unbelievers live that's what they do they chase after these things but for you Make God's priority your priority, which is to seek the kingdom of God above all these things. And guess what? When you seek first the kingdom of God, now these things, the things that we go to work for, and the, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying be, don't be responsible. But the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first above these things. These things, they are, they, all these things are supposed to be added while you are pursuing the, the kingdom of God. While you are going after one thing. And then as you go after this thing, his kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness, that is your right standing with him. Right alignment with him. Jesus is like, no, 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 focus here, focus here, focus here. Don't move. Just keep pursuing the kingdom of God. And my righteousness. And all those things, they're supposed to be added. We are trying to add them. We are trying. We live in one thing. And we go after everything. And live one thing that's going to give us everything. Like, don't you think there's a problem there? Like, don't you feel like there's a problem with this life? Like, no, like when you wake up every morning, don't you feel like, no man, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. But, you know, you still convince yourself, but, yeah, but the world, I mean, I think it's a punishment, but I don't feel like going, this thing, 
But hey, you know what? God punished us in Genesis. The Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But we have not been redeemed from ignorance. We are still ignorant about the things pertaining the kingdom of God. Let this thing be your number one. Just chase after the kingdom of God. Follow the kingdom of God. Let these things be added. That's the decision I decided to take this year. I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to get to the age of 65 and be like, okay, all right, all right. I tried all my things. I mean, mean, even now you still try. You see that like you're going in circles like this. You are out, but you still have fear. And because you know, uh, it's not, not completely out of this thing. And then another season comes, you go back there. You, so you keep going in and out, in and out until you die. You're sick. You know, when I was young, we used to play hide and seek. When I was, when I was still a child. Yeah, th- that's why some of you are not getting the kingdom. It's because you think hide and seek is for kids. That's why, hide and seek. You remember hide and seek, they will hide something. My sister, she used to, um, she used to hide a key for the house outside the door under the mat. Because we were a lot in my family, about seven. And we would go separate places and we all knew where we were going to get the key. So when God says seek, it's not because he's hiding the kingdom for you, from you. But my sister hid the key for us. Not from us. He hid the key for us, not from us. So the kingdom of God is not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. We have to just find that kingdom. And <laughs> like I say, family, like it's, it's just too much I want to share. But these are the things I've been sharing with the youth, and um, we're still going on and on and on and on. Yeah. Oh, okay, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Wow. Clearly, there's so much that he's carrying. You can tell when a preacher is carrying a lot, but the time is not enough. So, Diningosi, we're going to move you further down. Next week, Sunday, part two. Part two. So, family, part two. I'm so proud. I think I can step down now from being a pastor. <laughs> Family, this is loaded. 
I mean, I stopped taking notes. I'm like, you know what, let me, let me just listen. And I can't believe a protege of mine is delivering such word. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, my student is teaching me. I learned so much. Praise God. Did you, did you guys get blessed? I'm lost for words. I'm lost for words. Well done. Thank you. Well done. I see there's a lot yeah. on the notes. <laughs> so, part two. Get ready for part two. Amen? Amen? Before I dismiss him, um, that word repent that he explained, he explained it so well that to repent is not to feel sorry, Right? To repent is to have a change of mind and change of direction, right? So if you used to go the one way, you, you change your mind, your thinking, and you go a different direction. Um, that's what God wants us to do. He's teaching us his principles so that we can get to God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things is doing things according to the kingdom way of doing things. There's the world's way of doing things, and there's a kingdom of God's way of doing things. All right? Now, then Pastor Tando said, there's something that I want to correct a little bit. <laughs> Amen? He said, um, we need to, when, when we repent and when we change, we change everything, the way we think, the way we do things, and our culture. All right? He is not incorrect, but I just want to, I don't want confusion. Now, when it comes to culture, we change everything in culture that is not aligned with the word. Because not everything in culture is not in line with it. There are things in culture that promote the word of God or they are influenced by the word of God. But there are things in culture that are not in line with the word of God. What am I saying? There are things that culture teaches that the word of God agrees with. There are also things that culture teaches that are not in line with the word of God. Amen? So we need to become students of the word in order to find out what is of God and what is not of God. Are we together? For instance, does culture teach us to respect our parents? Does the word of God do that? Amen? So things like that. That's the only thing that I wanted to clarify. But other than that, the word was awesomely powerful. Awesomely powerful. I, I, feel, like, I feel like raising up an offering. Amen? So, so now imagine taking your young kids to a youth pastor that speaks these things. 
Imagine. I mean, we're not here on Friday. We don't know what happens. But today we got a glimpse of what's happening on Friday nights. So when you send your children here, this is a glimpse of what they get. Yes, they're having fun. Yes, they're doing all sorts of, sorts of things. But when it comes to the world, this is what they're getting. Now, how do you keep your children at home when they've got this? And then they're entertained and taught by TV and, and games and, and all those things. When they've got such teachings, send your children here every second Friday. And let them be taught about the principles of God. Amen? Isn't God good? Praise God. Come on, give it up for Pastor Tando. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God is good, amen.